We are back in 2024 and bringing you episode 107. And with it are five Clubland stories. A massive thank you to all our contributors and those following along. We also have podcast McPhee and Blakey go into their time at the recently played Heritage Classic, which is a tournament on the PGA Tour of Australasia. So whether you're in your car or going for a walk, enjoy this episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Stuart's one of our highest ranked working rules officials that we have, one of the best we've got. And he knows he's... Welcome back to the Golf Rules Questions podcast. This is episode 107 and you're with Blakey and alongside me is Podcast McPhee. How are you? Well, Blakey, is it too late to say Happy New Year? Being our first podcast of the year. Have you not watched uh, um, the Larry David uh, episode of... Do you know that? Is it Cooper Enthusiasm, his show? No, I don't know the show. I know of the show, but not having seen it. There's obviously a time at which you stop saying that. He said, no, Happy New Year stops at at the 3rd of January. Wow, that's early. After that... No. I've made some pretty big blunders in, in the last two weeks. Uh, I just thought it was our first podcast of the year. Blakey, good to be back. Good to see you committed for another year. Signed on again. Yeah, I have signed on. But your contract's bigger than mine. Uh, it is. It is. I had a 5% raise and you had a 1% raise. <laughs> the, yet the increases were the same. Yes, that's right. We actually almost went, we went backwards in terms of living costs. <laughs> I did. Um, so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we've got a few things to talk about. We've got um, five new entries in the Clubland stories. I think at least five. Uh, so that's going to be good. And we've got a few stories from you and I working together last four days um, at the Heritage Classic. Yep. Four days, of course, together. Your old stomping ground. Too. My old stomping ground, listening to your banter over the radio. I saw a couple of snipers there. <laughs> Uh, as soon as you've uh, put a foot out of out of uh, out of position, they were gonna <laughs> take you down. I think you didn't skip a beat either. You just see, you just slipped right back in that team. Got into all the banter on well, the radio. It was I, all good fun. I must admit, I was expecting it to be a little bit busier. Um, well, we can talk about that. It was actually quite. Get to it. It was quite uh, quiet. Um, from a rules perspective, but working again with the team is great. We, we will. We will talk more about that uh, later in the show. So let's first of all get through GRQ OTW 106, which was Big P has hit his tee shot into the red penalty area, running down the right-hand side of the 14th hole. After two minutes of searching, he finds and identifies his ball. He makes a stroke at the ball and only advances it three metres, still within the red penalty area. Frustrated, he makes another stroke at it from inside the PA, moving it very little and makes another stroke. Then very frustrated, he says, he's very frustrated. He says he's returning to the team area to start the hole again. Despite some objections from others in the group, he returns to the team area, tees up a ball and makes a stroke and finishes the hole. Well, he holed out. Eventually. Uh, There are no players behind waiting to hit. How many penalty strokes must Big P add to his score? So I just want to... He didn't actually start the hole again. He just... In his own own mind, I think he's gone, forget that, this is ridiculous, I'm going back. 
But starting his, again. His scorecard did not forget that. I wouldn't have thought so. Nor his markers or his other but Now, obviously, I, if we can just address the last bit, obviously, I put the bid in about no players behind waiting because, obviously, that would bring in another rule of a potential breach, another penalty stroke. So that's why I, didn't, that's why I said that. Well, there was it was no one, too long. Yeah, there was no one waiting behind. It was well, I mean, he didn't, of, he didn't unduly... Unreason- correct. Un- unreasonably. Delay used play. to be called unduly. Yeah. He didn't unreasonably delay play. Yeah. And although it would have been frustrating for us to watch, this is just bad golf rather than slow golf. (laughs) But the question is, how many penalty strokes must Big P add to his score? And the answer is... Are you going to say it? I thought you were going to say it. I'll ask the question. It's only one. Right, It's only one penalty stroke. Why? Well, the ball was played into the penalty area, so there's no penalty strokes yet. Right. The player has made a stroke from in the penalty area. That's fine. That's just a talent stroke. Made another one. I forget how many... Um, you still have the option to get out of that penalty area. And you can do so at the point of entry. You never give up that right, that point of entry. You can take a relief from there. As soon as you do that and take a drop, that's one penalty stroke. Um, I guess the complication here is they haven't done that. They haven't gone to their point of entry and dropped there. They've actually gone back to the tee. Um, after having made multiple strokes on the hole, and I can't think of another situation in which you can have multiple strokes on a hole and then go back to the teeing area and still be okay. And this is one of them. And 17.2, what is it, 17.2A2 is apart from all those other options, you still actually may choose to play the original ball or or another ball from where they made their last stroke from outside the penalty area. And the last stroke made outside was the teeing area. And they can go back and they can do it for one stroke. There you go. So they had three, he's got had one off the tee. And he's had three strokes in the penalty area. So the actual answer was one, but he's had one off the tee, three strokes in the penalty area, gone back to the tee, so he's now sitting on five. Hits one off the tee, and it just says, uh, tees up ball, makes a stroke, and finishes the hole. Yeah, so, so he's had a hole in one. <laughs> um, I was just interested in how many penalties. But, yeah, he's had at least five, um, and then tees off again. So he's now on six, and then he'll finish out the hole. But only one of them was a penalty. Yeah, and so if you did not know about that sort of one little final option there in 17.2a, you'd be throwing 14.7 in there. So you're looking all of a sudden at three penalty strokes. Two for wrong place, one for the penalty area relief, but there is no wrong place penalty. The player's able to do that. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, now, let's go on to some questions from our fantastic followers and listeners and they have been hanging out for another episode i think it's been at least a month since we did one uh reese was playing with reginald and they were playing against nick and ewan at at royal porth call i think i'm going to say that wrong i don't think i don't think you say porth i think it's port port call uh, the location of the 2023 Senior Open with conditions almost as bad as the Senior Open's final day, torrential rain and howling wind, which is what uh, we experienced in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne last night. <laughs> we are one down playing the fourth of the par four tenth hole in our casual better ball match. It's like a four ball. Nick puts his third shot to three feet, joining myself and Ewan on the green, also on in three shots, but further away. Reginald is the last to reach the green. 
Given the playing conditions, I do not concede Nick's putt, which he then misses whole tied. Reginald and myself win the 11th to square the match, and on the 12th hole, I confirm match score and that we are all square. Nick and Ewan agree, however, Reginald questioned how we are not one down, recalling that he conceded Nick's three-foot putt on the 10th, only that neither Nick, Ewan or myself had heard it due to the wind and rain. Nick questions whether they are now one up as a conceded putt cannot be taken back, whilst I question whether the agreed result of the hole can be changed at this stage. As it was a casual match, the match scores amended, possibly incorrectly. The final result, whether one, making us skip three holes to get back inside ASAP. <laughs> Great story. Uh, this happened mid-December at Royal Port Call. Location of this year's Senior Open with conditions almost as bad, a.k.a. torrential rain and howling wind. So did you get the gist of that? I think one so, because I've sort of formulated the answer. One of them was conceded a putt, but no one heard it. Yeah. Uh, but then they've all agreed. They played another hole. And then on the next hole, they've gone, hey, so the score is this? Yeah. And they've gone, hang on a second, no, I don't think it is. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's where it comes down to. The 12th hole, I confirmed match score and that we all, we're all square, Nick and Ewan agreed. However, Reginald questioned it. So it wasn't like they played another stroke afterwards. Uh, it was more, I mean, this was Reginald who could have been square, but he's an honest guy and said, no, no, we're, I think we're actually one down because I gave yeah. that three-foot putt yeah, on the 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a Nick and Ewan saying, yes, that's the score, mm -hmm. the, the final... Um, part of why that uh, score was agreed to as square and not one down. So I have an issue with the concession though. Because uh, no one else heard it. A concession is made only, only when clearly communicated. And I would argue that concession, which no one else heard, was not clearly communicated. Even though the intent was, you're good, that part's good, pick it up, I concede it. No one else heard it. Yeah, I guess it was communicated by Reginald. No, no, but gone. Sorry. But not clearly because uh, no one heard it. And that's not his fault. But the reality is it was not clearly communicated because no one else heard it. I can't think of another example. A better example of not being clearly communicated is when nobody else hears it. I mean would Nick have putted if he knew that it was conceded? Oh, yeah. I'm okay with that because people do that. Yeah, but uh, you'd have to know the feeling of it at the time. But obviously, Nick, he didn't know. So it wasn't clearly communicated. I, I agree with you on that. We're supposed to disagree, but I, <laughs> well, you I can agree. Talk, so what you should do then, perhaps, you go on the angle of, let's say it was clearly communicated. I love how you're telling me what way I'm going to disagree with you. Um, no, I'm just saying. No, you can, I, I can't. I you, can't well, you discuss the other component, and that is agreeing to the match score, even though it might be wrong. Uh, you, well, actually, I do want to look uh, into this further. Okay. Um, so we got a twenty-point um, agreeing to the to the wrong 
score. Yep. Rule 3.2D, responsibilities of player and opponent, knowing uh, 3.2D3, knowing match score. The players are expected to know the match score, that is whether one of them leads by a certain number of holes, holes up in the match, or the match is tied, also known as all square. Um, if the players mistakenly agree on a match, wrong match score, they may correct the match score before either player makes a stroke to begin another hole or for the final hole before the result of the match is final. If not corrected in that time, the wrong match score becomes actual match score. So um, they've corrected it. They may correct the match score before either player makes a stroke to begin another hole. They've corrected it before anyone make made another stroke. On that 12th hole. That's right. But they haven't corrected it because there was nothing to correct because the concession wasn't clearly communicated. Uh, so the score actually was square. Imagine Nick, was it Nick whose pup was conceded? Yep. Imagine if he said, now, now you mention it, I'm pretty, I thought I did hear you say something, but I wasn't sure. But I putted anyway, but I sort of heard you say something. Then there may be, oh, well, maybe it was communicated okay. And then it comes back to, so what's the match score? Yeah, well, p potentially. I think if uh, if Nick didn't say anything, yeah, you'd have to, Reese, you'd have to sort of go into the, you know, what people heard or not. But as far as what you've given us, we don't believe that Nick heard or even Ewan heard. Um, so, and you didn't, certainly didn't hear. So the match score would be square. Um, and it wasn't too late. If it was actually the wrong score, it wasn't, wouldn't be too late to fix it because you're having a discussion uh, there and then. Um, when have you heard about two partners disagreeing on the match yeah, score? I, I like these people, I should play with them. <laughs> I wonder if there's nothing written in the rules about that. Not opponents disagreeing, but partners <laughs> disagreeing on the wrong match score. No, that's right. <laughs> right. I uh, hope that helped. Reese. thank you very much for the... Uh, thank you very much for the, the question. Um, I'm pretty sure I got the uh, name of the golf course wrong, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll work on that. Right, I've got a couple of questions here from DK. Stroke play. Playing a par three, a player hits his tee shot into thick fescue grass and proceeds to announce and correctly play a provisional ball which comes to rest on the fringe. The player finds a ball tucked into the fescue grass which he believes is his original ball, uh-oh, <laughs> and although in a difficult spot, he thinks he can hit the ball out of the tough lie. He makes a stroke but takes an air swing. He makes another stroke and again has an air swing. At this point, the player decides to take an unplayable penalty Playable ball penalty and use the back of the line relief option. He proceeds to pick the ball up and then notices unfamiliar markings on the ball. He realizes this is not his original ball and he has made two ear swings and a wrong ball. The three minute search time expires without finding the original ball, so the player plays his provisional ball and takes two shots to hold out from where the ball laid on the fringe. Yeah. Player reports the facts to the golf shop as he is unsure of how many penalty strokes he receives, if the air swing counts as a stroke or not, and if he proceeded correctly. Mm -hmm. The golf shop, acting on behalf of the committee, 
assess, give, give them the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> assess the general penalty for making a stroke at a wrong ball, a one-stroke penalty for stroking distance as the original ball was not found, plus the four talent strokes taken on the hole to total a seven. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd Where and when did this happen? A par three. I right. Know, I love that answer. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, I think they got it right. I think so too, without adding the strokes up. So I was going to say, firstly, stroke of the wrong ball definitely counts. We'll start, general, from, the, general start from the start. Okay, so tee shot. Yep. Um, stroke at a wrong ball is, incurs a general penalty. Yep. The second stroke at the wrong ball does not incur the general penalty. Correct. Picking it up and then intending to take back on the line relief but not dropping it does not incur any penalty strokes. Right. Then, yeah, as you said, the three minutes is exhausted. You've got stroke and distance for the provisional. The stroke at the provisional counts. And then however many shots to hole out. Oh, you said four. Um, four talent shots. So okay, so you got one stroke and distance and one wrong place. A wrong ball. So there's three. It was uh, one provisional, uh, one talent shot with the tee shot yeah. at the original, one sh talent uh, tee shot with the provisional, and then two more shots. Yeah, and then so it's three penalty yeah, shots. So absolutely spot on. Wow. Well done, that golf, golf shot. Wow. Um, you should put DK. You should put their uh, their name in there so we can give them a shout out for being right because that hardly ever happens. <laughs> uh, DK's got another one. A player takes relief from a sandy waste area, citing his ball was in animal footprints. He plays out the hole, recording a four. The player argues with his marker about the procedure, as the marker said you can only take relief from animal footprints when the ball is on the fairway or in the rough. Uh, what was the actions? Uh, Two-shot penalty, playing from a wrong place, and both player and marker encouraged to complete RNA rules quiz before returning to the golf course. This happened recently on the golf course. I love his answers about where and when this yeah. is. Um, on the yeah, like, okay, so this is quite interesting, this one. Um, animal, animal footprints. There is no uh, free relief from animal footprints except when it's in relation to a hole dug by an animal. Um, that's quite an interesting one. So the footprints in the run up to the hole. Leading, yeah, entryway, <laughs> path, um, path two. And you, you don't get, so you don't get free relief from animal footprints in the rules apart from near an animal hole, and it has to be very near. I think that's really commonly misunderstood. Right, but, but, a committee, if they see that um, the animal footprints are quite um, prevalent, 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 that's a great word, um, prevalent around the course uh, and quite unfair to the playing of the game of golf, can adopt a model local rule, which is something that we did on the weekend. Well, not, not us, because we were just guest referees, but... Uh, the tournament director and and so forth. Just because you've got a pink shirt does not mean that you are part oh, of the setup. I was going to ask you, did you see any kangaroos on the weekend? Only about 7,000. I was going to say 400. 7,000 is probably more accurate. It was amazing because, like, obviously that club's had some issues. Um, but I would, as, as much as kangaroos are... Hilarious animals. They can do a little bit of damage. And I would I would still want them there, but I think that they could... It would be in the best interest uh, that they um, had a little bit of a cull 
<laughs> in a very humane or animal name friendly uh, way because there were far too many. Um, they're just like rabbits. But, but coming back, I think a very common, especially with kangaroos in Australia, very common misunderstanding. My ball is in a footprint, clearly from an animal, free to live. That, that animal doesn't go into a hole. <laughs> so, and as you, you know, correctly said, it includes any worn down track or trail leading into the hole. But a kangaroo footprint, it's not going into a hole. So what, they don't go into holes. What about a human footprint? But what about a human footprint that made the bunker? Because the bunker is a type of hole. No. And the footprint is just outside the bunker. Right. And the bunker is a hole. I guess. Um, do you get free away from... <laughs> I can't believe you're asking that question. So that's a no. Uh, yeah, right. So... <laughs> If there's no model local rule, there is no free relief from an animal footprint unless it's very close to an animal hole. So once this player done, they've said, no, I'm good. They've taken a free drop, assuming they've got nearest point of complete relief, one club length, they've taken a drop for what yep. they believe is an abnormal course condition. Yeah. So they've put a ball into play quite legitimately, but they've done so in a wrong place. Yep. They've made a stroke at that ball. Played from the wrong place, got the general penalty. Two shots and stroke for him. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dan. You should definitely let us know where where you play. I would really like to find out. Uh, Shout out to that pro shop, as I you said. Well, I, well yeah, I think he obviously plays in a few different places, but I think it's up in Sydney somewhere. Okay, Mr. Roberts is back with a couple of questions. I had better not start with another poem. Oh, that's right. I forgot to read his poem out the last one. Um, I had better not start with he another poem. Too. Yeah. However, just state that I'm looking forward to another year of Golf Rules podcasts. Uh, so is Stuart. <laughs> it will be fun and more in 2024. Situation. In regard to Rule 9 and 14, moving ball and marking ball. Four guys are playing. A and B have hit their balls under the green. D waits for C to hit under the green. D being not far off the edge of the green... Right, he's put a full stop, but that was probably more of a comma. D waits for C to hit on the green, B, D not being far off the edge of the green. Okay. C's ball comes to rest on the green on the line between D's ball and the flag. Yeah. D wants to putt from just off the green. C on returning his club to his bag then drives his motorised cart around to the back of the green. While C is doing this, D walks onto the green and marks C's ball. On walking onto the green, C cannot see his ball and asks where it is. D has it in his pocket. D says, I marked it, you were in the way. C is not real happy and says, you cannot do that. I'm sure you have to ask me first. It's not a big issue. And C, let, C says, let's see if Dave, Mr. Mr. Roberts to you, Blakey, can help us with the rule when we finish. And uh, Mr. Roberts said, I tried to help. Rule 9.2b1 tells us there are, that there are four possible causes for a ball to move, one of them being an outside influence, which can be another player. So that goes to 9.6. And this is about another player moving a ball. First step, 9.6, tells us that there is no penalty if a player's ball is moved by another player, an outside influence. Both players are okay at this stage. <laughs> 
Then I go to rule 14, procedures for marking ball. 14.1b, second dot point, tells us the ball may be lifted by anyone the player authorises, but such authorisation must be given each time. Yeah. At this stage, C says, C, I was right. You had to ask me before you marked my ball. So what happens now? The rest of 14.1b is about the action of a caddy. There's nothing about the action of another player. C and D were then happy to seek from happy for me to seek assistance after I couldn't find the answer. So dear Blakey and Podcast <coughs> McPhee, what is the answer? What rule do I look under to find what should have happened to player D for player for marking player C's ball without authorization? And he spells authorization with a Z. Z. Which uh, I'm not sure if he's got Word document. No, because he's writing in this. Oh, he's, the Google form's probably told him that you have to write in American. Um, we do an S and authorization over in uh, the rest of the world. Australia. Uh, this happened on the 16th green at Hilltop, Saturday, the 6th of January 2024. This is pretty straightforward, Mikey. Yeah. He's got it right. So what's the answer? <laughs> well, there's no penalty to do, yeah. for starters. Um, yes, it does say you need to get authorisation from the player, but there's no penalty for not getting authorisation. And player D's, I wouldn't say quite within their rights, but they are, as we know, simply an outside influence. And as, play, and as we know, oh, I think D's quite within their rights. I guess I didn't, I'm contradicting myself, but for pace of play, let's just get the ball out of the way so player D can play. Player D doesn't even need to mark the ball before they lift it. Um, I actually wrote that article into that magazine, you know, where I said, don't even need to mark it, you're just an outside influence. You're the equivalent of a dog coming on or a duck coming on and just moving it out of the way. The yeah. duck doesn't need to mark it. The other player doesn't need to mark it. There's no penalty. It needs to go back in its place. Marking it is a good thing to do. It's a good habit to get into. It's obvious where the ball needs to be replaced. There's no penalty if you don't. There's no penalty to D, no penalty to C. I thought it was leading towards, it was on the edge of the green and C was going to play it from its new spot, which of course would have been a wrong, well, would have been a wrong place because they didn't know about it. You know what I mean? Not in the original spot. Well, it depends if it was in his pocket. Yeah, I know that. So that's where I thought the question was leading towards. If he'd uh, just dropped it out with no intention to put it back in play. Exactly, that's where I was. Correct. But you're going to get penalised if you don't know. Uh, But, uh, so, conclusion? Yeah. 9.6 9.6 is You were right when you got to 9.6. Yeah. There's no penalty and you should have just stopped there. <laughs> don't worry about rule 14.1 when it comes to... Even though it says you're not allowed to do it without authorisation, as podcast said, there's no penalty. Right, last one from Mr Actually, Roberts. I did that the round after I wrote that article. I had to move a player's ball. didn't ask him and I didn't mark it. But I could see some imperfections in the green, so I knew exactly where it had to go back. And I just sort of picked it up and just threw it to the side. I said, oh, I've just moved your ball, and, uh, or lifted your ball, whatever I said. I said, oh, where's the marker? I said, it doesn't matter. And I grabbed the ball and put it back. That sort of little stuff puts other people going, what on earth is he doing? That's crazy. You can't get away with that. That's a two-stroke penalty, you know, guys yell out. Now, if, um, if Stuart was the opponent, it's different. Oh, it's under 9.5. Very different. If Stuart was the partner... In a four ball, very yeah, that's different. different. That's a 9.4. I was just another player in stroke play. So it's just uh, I was an outside influence. Anyway. Uh, right, Mr. Roberts again. This is about accidentally hitting a ball in play. Player A takes a couple of practice swings before second shot on par five, seventh hole at Hilltop. On the second practice swing, the toe of the club hits the ball and sends it 10 metres at right angles. Player A picks up the ball and replaces it in replaces 
plays his second stroke, claiming when he hit the ball, it was an accident. He's probably right. <laughs> I'm sure. It was a couple of his playing group were not happy about this, and the island said he's right. You don't have to count a hit if that was an accident. <coughs> well, that's not right. Well, it wasn't a stroke, was it? Again, I was asked about this and went straight to the definition of stroke when all the players involved learnt that a stroke is not made if a player accidentally strikes the ball when making a practice swing. Apart from the definition, in this situation, (laughs) is this situation outlining the rules anyway? Well, he still gets a penalty under Rule (laughs) 9.4 because his ball wasn't on the practice screen. Or putting room. It was... uh, Yeah, that's right. What did I say? Practice green. I said practice green. You did. Oh, terrible. That's right. Uh, putting green or teeing area. His ball wasn't on the putting green or on the teeing area. In the teeing area? On the teeing area. In, on, above. Um, <coughs> so there's a penalty here under roll 9.4. Um, now, you don't have to count it as a stroke, but you do have to count it as a penalty stroke. Uh, you want to add anything to that? I can't disagree. Stroke so, doesn't count, but you need to have one penalty. I made, a, I made a video of the difference between stroke, practice stroke, and a practice swing. Um, so you can catch that on YouTube. But you still, you still get penalties if you cause your ball to move, even accidentally, on certain parts of the course. And, uh, and you're right, that was a pure accident. That person did not mean to touch that ball in their practice swing, but you still pay for it. Yeah, that's right. And so you should. Now, <laughs> uh, we, I... I forgot to read out uh, Mr. Roberts' poem, so I'll just do it right now. This was just before Christmas, so maybe he has a little bit um, of Christmas theme to it. Wondering why so many issues at Wombat Hills. Must be lots of golfing deals seeking ruling thrills. Great stories will abound in 2024. That is not just likely, but for sure. With explanations of rules to help us silly fools. There you go. Very cool. Very good. Thank you. Very nice. Uh, now, the Heritage Classic at the Heritage, place where you used to be the captain. True story. True story. And was your, was that the first time you've been back for a while? No, I've been back as a, as a member guest a few times. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. sort of wore a bella club. they hadn't hung you? No, I just sort of disguised. I had these glasses with a fake moustache and fake nose. Really? This frizzy hair come out the back and of my head. When people said, hey, I'm Steve, you're like a podcast. <laughs> Did you do that? No. Oh. Very few people call me podcast. Yes. It's catching. <laughs> it was mentioned on the radio a couple of times. There might be one more by the end of the year. Uh, yeah, first time back in a while, though, and uh, the St. John Corsair looking pretty good. Yeah. So and you, I... Sorry. You got some... Oh, you go into it, but you got some... Um, Certain conditions in the, the pre-queue that were unbelievable. So the Monday pre-qualifying was on the other course, out the back, Henley. Very different course to St John. Uh, very linksy, not very many trees. A lot of water and a lot more water on the Monday. So you never much, seen it so wet. How much, it did, when did it stop raining and how much did you get? No, it was still raining during the day. Um, I don't think it stopped much during the day. Greens become unplayable. Penalty areas were connecting with other penalty areas, you know, that sort of stuff where, hang on, the water's not supposed to come out to that fairway. You know, that sort of, it's just horrendous. And we had a lot of volunteers out there trying to squeegee the, you know, get the water off the ground. So much water. So when did you start play? 
typical property, I don't know, nine o'clock. So you're supposed to start at seven? No, 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 it wasn't supposed to. Actually, we did push back. You're right. We pushed back the start by an hour. Okay. Get the ground start. So you're supposed to start at nine, tee off at the 10. It wasn't quite those times. It wasn't supposed to start off at nine, but I did a quick inspection. We went out, the two of us went out there, obviously the tournament director and myself went and checked out all the bunkers. Yep. Put some, you know, double white stakes in those. We ruled out a play. Very wet. Just, I remember. well, we, we didn't get finished that day. Right. And so what, what time did you suspend play? 12 for three hours. And then it came back out at three o'clock? Yeah, about an hour or so of play, suspended again, but then that was it for the day. So the tournament director on that second suspension said, we're not coming back. Okay. Yeah, so that'll be it for the day. So, so the leading group still had seven holes to play. Were most of the players, I think there were 53? Yeah. That seems were right. most of the players from Victoria, from Melbourne? Probably half. Oh, wow. So that's, that's an extra night that they have to stay. Possibly. But they're, they're hoping to stay... For the Thursday morning, right. aren't they? Right. So that's a good problem to have. So it's then to qualify and then play. they came back on the Tuesday and teed off at what time? I wasn't there. I was at Masters of the Amateurs right. for Tuesday, Wednesday. So yeah, yeah. So I gave them only three. did half a job. <laughs> he, he refereed seven days last week, um, splitting his time between amateur and professional game. That's true. Um, now, Master Amateurs on the Tuesday, Wednesday, what was the weather like there? Very bit wet from the Monday. Right. So, again, some more bunker inspection. Yeah. Pretty good conditions given how much rain had fallen. Right. Yeah, so... That was at Southern Golf Club. Yeah. Held up pretty well. Wednesday was a lot better, a lot warmer. And then um, we really didn't have any rain until Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was just hard Sprinkle. Yeah. yeah. So... Whereas last night was downpour. <laughs> So, okay, so then we, they had 20 uh, players make it through on the pre-queue, but a few dropped out of the actual main field, which meant we were left with 112 players, 38 groups, right? Mm -hmm. So then they teed off at 7.15 and 7.20, um, slightly different times because the first and 10th tee was so close together. Uh, you could write that one down as a note, don't. When the yeah, together, not the same. Them off the Unlike same this time. week, where they're miles apart. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So uh, they teed off, but and then you know I was out there. It was my first time back with the uh, PGA Tour of Australasia for a while, and uh, and it was fun. I was expecting to get a lot more work done, or a lot. It would be quite busy, but it, it just wasn't. I was on holes. First day I was on holes one, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And you're on 12, 13, 15. Correct. And I think I had a rolling on 14, and a, uh, sorry, a rolling on four and a rolling on nine. And maybe a couple of other helpful penalty areas as I was just driving past. But, and I, I didn't even talk to a group about pace of play. Everyone was under, and under uh, for their pace of play. The conditions were sensational. The wind really hardly got up. The temperature was amazing. And it was a great place to be there in refereeing. And uh, they had they didn't realise a storm that was going to hit them with um, podcast eating so many sausages. They coped okay. They they packed up on uh, halfway through Sunday. That's true. Um, so yeah. then you did 12, 13, 15, but you had a lot of balls to find on thirteen. A lot of balls right at thirteen because it's hit. It's uh, 
they can't see it off the tee. It's blind from the tee. And, uh, so they're thinking, oh, it's just over that tree, it'll be fine. You get up there and go, oh. And they had shaved it down. Yeah, it was fairly short, but it was a lot. But, but it was still, I had a lost ball there on the Friday. Because yeah. I was on holes 12, 13, 15 on the Friday. We swapped. And you were on the front nine. Yeah. And I had a lost ball there, and then I found it while I was on the green. Um, you know. And, well done. And passed it to his girlfriend to give it back to him. Did you call out, hey, it's okay, I found it? <laughs> I was the one I had to call three minutes, and then I found it about three minutes after that. So well, I, I need to talk about the ball search and the time in that particular area at some point. Yeah, well, that I had. go for it. Saturday. So it wasn't, yeah, it was Saturday. So a guy's playing 15. So to have a ball in that area, right of 13 off 15 second shot was pretty wide, right? And had to clear a lot of trees to even get there. So I'm just in that area, you know, where I was parked between 13 and 15, and I turn around and I see this guy clearly in, a, in search mode. And I thought, I don't recognise that guy as a player. But he had his rangefinder in his hand and clearly dressed as a golfer. Um, so just, I started the timer straight away, even though I didn't recognise him as a golfer. I thought, no, I better get the time going. I've gone over there. He said, yeah, it's in here somewhere. And I'm trying to think, where is this guy? I'm trying to sort of work it out. Without asking him being so blatantly obvious that I don't know what's going on, I... Went up to the 13th green, I see three bags and I see players up there punting and I thought, he's not in that group because I'd be over here looking, right? Anyway, said, yeah, it's in line with this tree. It came over here in this tree. Okay, oh, he's off 15, right? But when he said, you know, came over here, I said, oh, okay. And then when more people started to arrive, I realised he's, he's definitely not a player. And I saw the player walking over the 14th tee, carrying his bags, Sorry, carrying his bag on his back, which he hadn't done all round. I thought, he's not carrying his own bag. But he was in that moment. And I said to the guy, I said, are you his caddy? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, and it's his ball we're looking for. He said, yeah. And I thought, well, my time is correct. Um, so when the player rocked up, I said, you've got a minute left. He goes, what? What are you talking about? I said, well, your caddy started the search. And he said, yeah, but he sort of didn't really know where it was. <laughs> and I so wanted to say that's why we call it a search <laughs> I didn't say that I had to say but he was in the estimated area he's clearly conducting a search I used the word estimated don't know why it came to my head I just said well he's in the estimated area where we think the ball's going to be and he was searching and he's your caddy so the time and he was not happy and so I gave it well it's 30 seconds now his parents are there now there's about 15 other people searching. I'm searching. I, I like to help ball search. Um, I want the guy to find his ball, you know. And we're looking and looking. I said, time. I didn't say it like that. I said, that's time. He goes, oh, well, he wasn't happy. But I said, starts if you, you or your caddy. And sure enough, 15 seconds later, I think it was someone in you goes, oh, here it is. He's <laughs> all right. And it was under the very tree that the caddy said it was in line with that tree. It was under that tree. The tree wasn't very big, but it was right at the base of that tree. Yeah. And I said, the time's done. I said, that's it. Wasn't very happy. And then he wanted to argue that a little bit. I said, well, your caddy was here searching. That's when the time starts. Right. I said, I can give you a ride back if you want for stroke and distance. Because I think I'd already asked the caddy had he had a provisional. He said, no. I can give you a ride back, which he declined. Yeah. yeah that's your call. Um, by this stage, I'm walking back to my car, wanting to avoid the player. And the two other players come up. I said, don't worry, guys, it's time. They were surprised, thinking, that didn't feel like three minutes. I said, well, no, his caddy was searching. They're going, oh, 
Is that when it starts? I said, yeah, it's you or your caddy. And what about spectators? I said, no, you know, 50 people looking for it. That's fine, as long as the player or the caddy don't start searching. One of those players was the guy who asked someone else the following day, he said, is that right? Which, of course, the other referee said, yeah, that's spot on. So, and I said to those two as they're walking back to their balls on the fairway, I said, just so you know, you can actually ask your caddy to stop. Wait. To stop. You can tell him to, you're quite within your rights, it's written in the rules, you can tell him to wait until you get there. To wait until you get there. And they go, oh, that's, okay, thank you. As long as you don't delay yeah. back. Don't delay. And wait for others to do your duty. Stand on the tee whilst everyone else walks yeah. forward and starts searching for your ball. That's, that's, that's different. I think that's really important that they sort of understand that as well. <clears throat> um, you're allowed to ask your caddy to wait, but you can't then both wait Deliberately delay that beginning of the search. Anyway, that was just, I don't know, I think that guy's played a lot of golf. He's young, talented, he's played a lot of golf. I can't believe he didn't know that. I can't believe the other two, and one of them is a higher tier player, won plenty of tournaments, I can't, and regularly as a caddy, I can't believe he didn't know. Yeah, I'm. Not Maybe that was different. Was that different 15 years ago? No, I'm not surprised. No, okay. So I just had to explain, you know, play or caddy. Or I didn't get down there, or your partner or your partner's caddy. I didn't get down that path. Yeah. But I just stuck with player or caddy, time starts. So <clears throat> maybe that player was unlucky. I just happened to turn around, see through the gap, the guy started searching, and I started the timer. Maybe Un- he was unlucky. In that sense, that that's how he probably feels. He was unlucky that I saw. The caddy's starting to search and I've got a time on it. You played... No, 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 not the rest of the field. You helped him play by the rules. The rest of the field wouldn't think that. He might just think, geez, I can't believe I got caught there. God, well, that's it. Got caught. That's horrible. But but players may think that. Maybe he should go and have a look at the RNA level one. Sorry, I'm not putting that in the player's head. But he probably thought to himself, geez, I was a bit... You know, that was so easily that that caddy couldn't... May not have been seen by me beginning that search. And I would have seen 15 people come over the 14th tee, including the player, and going, oh, hang on, what's happening here? And gone over and guy was, oh, and started the time. And he would have had another three minutes from that point and he would have found the ball in the time. And it would have been different. But I just happened to turn around and see him and started the time. That was pretty much our biggest sort of ruling. Oh, two other ones. Yeah, but the other ones were pretty So, yeah, just for the interests of the listeners, uh, one was, in fact, the same player, Penalty area on 11. So he's carried the water and it's yeah. just trickled down into the long grass. And in searching for the ball, they've moved it. Right. And they were thinking, oh, it might be different given the ball was in a penalty area. Okay. Which is understandable. Right. And the referee said, no, it's fine. Just put it back, no penalty. You? No, I wasn't the referee. Uh, but it was just interesting, that was the question. Right, right. That it was, hey, we're searching for the ball, we've moved it. Oh, I was in a penalty area, maybe that's different. That would have been one like to have given me then, yes then he might think oh he's not just against me for being a cheat oh, he's oh, just you know i think that's fair i think that's messenger of the rules that's the human element of referendum what was the other one the other one was on the 13th hole ball search right beyond the path just left of the 14th tee really thick grass i've got the timer going we're well into the time and one of the other players finds it Anyone's going, great, fantastic. He's found it within three minutes. I said, just make sure it's yours. 
he looked down, he actually marked it, I think rotated it. He said, yeah, that's it, put it back, lifted the ball marker. I said, great. I then go away. And 30 seconds later, maybe to a minute later, I see the player and someone else crouching down over the ball. I thought, okay, what's happened? Something's, maybe it's not his ball. I've driven back. I said, what's up? He said, I made a stroke at it and I lost it. Didn't go anywhere and it's just gone buried into the grass. Oh. I said, can you see it? He said, no. I said, well, we need to find it. So sure enough, it is within a space of grass that is no bigger than your laptop. Right. We couldn't find it. Okay. Not we couldn't find it within three minutes. We then, I said, well, I got the time ready again. I said, well, we need to find it. I know he could just go back stroking distance like this far away, yeah. you know, five inches away. But I said, we really should find it. Um, another player came down again and again, peeling back grass. There it is. It had moved probably, you know, 20 centimetres. Okay. But just gone straight into the grass. Okay. And he said, I want to take an unplayable. I said, that's fine. Three options. <laughs> One of which was literally just go back to where he yeah. was and have a club length. Or he could have two club lengths from where the ball yeah. now was. Best option by far was back on the line. Back on the line, took him down to the 14th tee. So That's he dropped on, did. So he dropped on close to me. He said, can I go back there? No, I said, yeah, go back as far as you want. So I stood where his uh, mark was. on the 14th did he yeah. have interference from the signs? No, okay. no. So I stood, I said, my, my right foot is where your ball was. So he could have a reference point. He went through the flag. He said, is this okay? Is this, is this the line? I said, yeah, that's the line. Dropped it, played on. He, and then he said, oh, how many strokes is that? So I've gone through a one, one tee shot. You've hit it again. Two, you drop three for an unplayable. You just hit your fourth or you've had to hit your fourth or something like that. But um, I'm not sure I've ever had that where we had trouble finding it in the first place. They've attempted to hit it and then it's lost again. But it's only literally your hand span far away and we couldn't find it. Yeah, wow. And then buried even further in the grass. He, when he, the other person sort of tore the grass away and found the Didn't ball. move it. No, it didn't move it. And, but he didn't want to play it. No, it was, I think he probably just popped it. Yeah, right. From, you know, I think it was in a worse position. What day was that? Sunday. Okay. Yeah, it would have been, no, I don't know. It could have been Saturday. I reckon it was Sunday. But, um, yeah, it was Sunday. I had I can think of the other player who found it. I had one where the player, I said, he was on the green. His ball was this far from the hole. How far is that, Blakey? For those who are listening. A foot, about a foot from the hole. I go, what's up? And he goes, I've dropped my marker on my ball and caused it to move. I go, did you do it on purpose? <laughs> he said, well, I'd like to think that pulling it out of my pocket, I'd be, you know, I could do a magic trick like that. But no, it was, uh, was accidental. I said, just put it back. You can either put the marker back and just put the ball in front of it or put the ball back and, uh, and you'll be fine. So that was, that was one of the other... Probably, I don't even think I had one on the on the weekend, but the other one that I had was, uh, was a bit trickier. It was just up on the 14th fairway, uh, just left of the 14th fairway. And there was sort of a gravel path there. That right. The rain had, and the water had spread the loose impediments off the path and whatnot. And then there was a concrete path, cemented path, <coughs> and it wasn't, interfered with the cemented path but he was with this gravel path and it was just determining where the actual line of this gravel path was and he said can I get over to the cement path I said you can but you've got to be within the one club length and if your feet are still on the gravel path that you're taking relief from then you haven't taken full relief 
And I said, well, otherwise you can go that way. And he said, I don't want to go that way. So can I remove the gravel? And I said, yep, you can, the gravel, it's loose. You can try and remove it. And there was one that was quite difficult to sort of pull out, but he pulled it out with one arm, one hand. Um, I was like, yeah, it's loose to me. <laughs> so uh, he got a couple of ones out and then he said, oh, I can't, I can't seem to move that one. I was like, well, it's not loose. Not loose. <laughs> and then he just hit it, uh, chipped it down to the front of the green. Um, so that was uh, that was all I really had. It, it was great to, you know, just be back with the guys, um, and they were they were fun and entertaining. But yeah, we didn't, you know, trying to get the timings right was very interesting. On the Saturday, they seemed to play quite quickly. Um, we had a certain amount of time that they were allowed to play, and they played under, and then we adjusted the time. <coughs> And then they managed to play over, which still would have been over the time that we had adjusted from as well. It was still would have been over by about four minutes. So on the Saturday, they've played eight minutes, uh, 12 minutes under or something. And on the Sunday, they've played four minutes over. So it was a difference. It was basically the same group. But the, the conditions were a little bit harder on the Sunday. The whole locations were slightly harder and the conditions were a little bit hard. The wind got up earlier, um, so it did make, and, and you can see that in the scoring as well. But the key with your timings and what you're talking about is on Saturday, when the final puck dropped, there was 27 minutes left of the telecast. This is all TV driven. So the 27 minutes left, when the final puck dropped on Sunday and quite a popular winner, there was four minutes left yeah. on the yeah. telecast. And so they usually like to do, for the Sunday, they usually like to do a, um, presentation on the green and so they get 15 minutes if you've only got four they just do a quick um behind the flashboard uh, or the flashboard behind the players and just say hey how's the win blah 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 congratulations but if they get 15 minutes they do a, a more of a official presentation on the green whereas on the saturday yeah with having a few extra minutes on the telecast they have to pad so they paid with a lot of ads and, uh, and whatnot. But the good thing is, just for the viewers, listeners, behind the scenes, the tournament director, two hours out, gave them warning and said, guys, we are really under time today, just letting you know we're going to finish early. It probably it would have been even better if we finished four minutes earlier than that. <clears throat> so there was 31 minutes left on the, and they would just cut it then. And go just, to something else for half an hour. And they just would have brought something else in for half an hour, which would have been better. So a new rule change in 2023... I heard the first example of that at a tournament on Friday. Do you remember the call? Third green left player takes a relief from a sprinkler hit off in the general area, just off the putting green. Drops, he wouldn't come to rest, you know, drop, drop, place. Um, placed it, walked away the other side of the hole to look back to just line up their putt. Meanwhile, the ball decides to start moving and rolling and stops a foot short of the hole. Phone call, what do I do? Well, it's so, interesting that the, the playing partner, the other player in the group, actually said, no, great work, you get to play it from there. And the player said, oh, no, I better check. Good on him for checking. And the referee was like, don't listen to that bloke. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that actually happening. Oh, really? Moving into another area of the course. Okay. Yeah. You know, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, so uh, any other takeaways from the Hedridge Classic? Well, you've got uh, Cobram Murray. What 
are they call it? TPS Murray River. TPS Murray River. At Cobram Baruga. Cobram Baruga. Yep. And you're going up on Wednesday, so that'll be nice four days there. Yep. I very, haven't been very up. warm. Yeah, very warm. I haven't been up since they uh, did the uh, since they did the reroute and moved the clubhouse oh, yes. uh, over to the other side. Um, but I, I, I hope it goes all very well for you. You have very similar players, but you also got the women involved. There. Correct. Yep. About 40, 45 women in okay. the field as well. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Sarah Jane Smith won the event last year. Okay. She's playing. She'll be back playing. Oh, nice. Yep. Uh, now, let's uh, get into GRQ OTW 107. Podcast, if you'd like to do the honours. GRQ OTW 107. After his tee shot, Andy, the average golfer, his ball is lying close to an irrigation box in the right rough on the third hole at Wombat Hills. He is concerned he will have interference from the box, so he simulates his swing, and in doing so, he causes his ball to move. He advises his marker that he's moved his ball, and he replaces the ball. He does have interference from the box. However, he decides that shot is too risky, so he doesn't take relief, and he plays out sideways to the fairway. His next shot stroke lands on the putting green, and he takes three putts to hold out. What is Andy, the average golfer's hold score? 15. Incorrect. Okay. Well, the listeners, viewers, will just have to work that one out and uh, let us know before we uh, go through our next podcast, which hopefully will be next week after you come back, give us a bit of a report of Cotton Baruga. And uh, Stuart's been doing really well with the drop zone as well. It's been fantastic. Thanks, Blakey. I really enjoy it. Um, and um, you might even get a tour report up if you've got any time. I'll see how we go. Right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Make sure if you're enjoying the show, let us know. Or if you're not enjoying the show, don't. <laughs> um, but if you are, pass it on to someone. Um, if you get others to listen to it and watch it, um, that's that's all we ask of you. Just just pass it on to friends and family and, and other golfers that need uh, help with their rules. <laughs>